What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 71st episode of the Boundless Business Podcast. As always, we have Larissa, Justine, Nico, and a very special guest, Andreas, here today. Team, what's up? How are we feeling today? Good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, actually joining you on the Starbucks game today, so uh, uh, going to be a fun one. Going to be a fun one. Um, well, as I mentioned, we have a special guest, Andreas. Andreas has been with us for about like two and a half, almost three years. Um, actually, when we started the company, he, uh, I don't know, got roped into working with us and we've been annoying him ever since. So he's seen us go through a lot of iterations, but honestly, one of the best guys that I've ever met. Oh, and you like baseball. I mean, that's a pretty big thing. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So. Um, no, I think you got co- we covered most of it. Yeah, I'm a huge baseball fan. Um, I'm digging into that every day. <laughs> So he's not thinking about uh, landscapers, he's thinking about baseball, so benefits um, to, to both. But Justine, what are, why is Andreas here? Like, what, what are we talking about today? Yeah, we thought he would be the perfect guest to talk about this topic today, which is what are the building blocks to a successful ad? So what are some things that um, people need to have before they can have a successful ad campaign? So we're gonna talk about um, four different points here. The first one being a compelling offer. So, anyone wants to kick this off? Why Why is having a good offer so important? I don't know, Andreas. I think you can, because uh, you, you've seen offers, uh, really good ones, really poor ones in the last three years. So, like, what do you think? Like, what's, what in your mind, like, why is offer so important? Well, I mean, the idea of the offer is just to catch someone's attention. Right. We want to sell more. I think we all we all love winter offers, summer offers like we all rush for them. So I think that's the main focus there on the offer, trying to get our audience to buy our product and services. Yeah, it definitely creates like a sense of urgency, especially when, you know, if we think about an offer at large, it's a lot of like, how do you convince somebody right now that now's the best time? How do you package your services that you offer? to make it really compelling. Yeah, and, and to that point too, is like an offer isn't necessarily always a discount. What Andreas was mentioning about like timely thing, right? Like they're like in the winter, you're probably not thinking about, um, you know, what you're gonna be doing in the fall, right? Cause the fall is just habit, right? Like you might have good memories about it, but you're probably thinking about the spring or summer or here in Phoenix, like you're, you can't wait for the fall, right? So you wouldn't always be anchoring on a, on a time thing, right? Memorial Day weekend's coming up, but there's always holidays, like 4th of July, Christmas. Like, you can always anchor the offer with something seasonal, right? So really, without even having to give discounts or doing anything different, um, you could stand out from the crowd by having, for instance, you know, in, now it's May to going to June. It's summertime, right? So you shouldn't be running winter offers because that doesn't really make sense because you could be saying the same thing but just because you anchor as winter you could be completely different from like what it actually is so um yeah i think time time of day uh, t- uh, uh season uh holidays uh like for instance i'm still seeing mother's day um you know and i respect all mothers uh don't don't get me wrong i think we all love our mothers but like you probably shouldn't be running mother's day ads now and it should be running Father's Day. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that's coming up, right? So. Yeah. Next month, huh? I'm not a uh, father, know. so I... Are there any other aspects to, like, that each offer kind of has, like, um, any, like, guidelines for 
the specific offer regardless of what time of year you're running it or any examples of good offers you've ran or seen um, in in our day-to-day? -day? I mean, it, it's, it's a really good question, but like it really, it, it, taking a step back, right? Before making the offer, right? We niche offer message sales, right? So go to the niche, right? Uh, what matters to homeowners, right? Saving money, huge thing. Um, reducing risk of something failing. Like, like you, not saying that you want to play to the fear, but I mean, that's the one route to do it. If you're a renter, you're probably less, less like worried about your AC unit going out, right? But you might be like, uh, if someone ran an offer to like buy a house, right? Like that might appeal to renters. So um, it's going it, to, I don't, there's so many, um, there, there's so many different routes to go. Uh, Larissa, Andres, I would actually like to hear from you guys because like, there's so many, there's so many ways to slice this apple. Uh, there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no like, one thing, right? Because every market, every person, every niche is a little different. So I don't know if you guys want to add uh, your two cents to that. Well, I definitely don't know that there's like a, a one golden offer, for example. However, it can be somewhat similar across industries, right? If you are, I'll, I'll use like, if, if you do HVAC, for example, other HVAC offers might work for you, which obviously, you know, if, let's say, Kohl's is running a sale and they have all these promotions and stuff going on. You don't necessarily want to take the Kohl's offer. So it's not like there's a one size fits all. Um, but it really comes down to just how do you package your services and goods to create a sense of urgency, to create a sense of, wow, this is amazing. I really need this. Or even just, you know, think about how people think of things. And, and I'm sure everyone here is really, uh, you know, has done these exact same things too, of like, oh, there's $50 off. I better get this right now because that $50 off expires tomorrow. You know, like things like that, that you see that you're like, oh, okay. Or maybe like, oh, if I get this now, I'll also get this other thing. Or, you know, I'll get this for free or it will come including this or, you know, there's a bunch of different ways you can package things. So I would say like, be really creative with offers and coming up with authors offers. And I would just say like, it's really important to test because you might think your offer is great, but not everybody else will. <laughs> so come up with, I wouldn't say pick one. I would say pick like five and test all of those against each other. And I would test maybe one by one or, or two or three at a time. But, you know, I'd keep that in mind of like a compelling offer. It, it, it might take different forms and it might shift and change. What works today might not work in three months. People might be more compelled by one thing later than another. So, you know, keeping all the, all that in mind, let the data tell you what the best, most compelling offer is. A great example is like when you go um, to uh, <laughs> buy a plane ticket or something like that, right? Airlines is a great industry to look at because they're always coming up with offers, right? Um, and one thing yeah. they do really good, which we're not talking about necessarily is scalable, especially to like home improvement companies, landscapers, turf installers, is um, the, the taking something away, right? So... For instance, if you have, uh, like, we're going to a wedding in Dallas, which I don't want to pay for, uh, I was seething last night, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so I put it in my cart, and I was like, okay, like, I'll get to this in a little bit, right? Um, about 15 minutes later, 
if that, 15 minutes if that, I got an email saying, hey, uh, only three spots left. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's two of us. Well, there's only so many people going to Dallas. Um, maybe I should commit, right? So I don't, I don't think this is always scalable, and maybe that's not your brand, but that is something, like, they know I'm interested, right? Your client which sent an invoice knows that's interested. Um, maybe the fear of losing something could be the offer, right? Uh, I wouldn't say lead with that, but definitely like look at your daily life, like look what you buy. Um, and the, the like scarcity is, is a great selling point uh, in that, so. Yeah, I'd say um, time, like time frame is also a good one. I say guarantees or warranties convince a lot of people, uh, especially with uh, landscapers and uh, home renovation kind of industries. People love to hear five year, 10 year warranty or 90 day guarantee, stuff like that. That always yeah. convinces people. That's a good point. Can definitely help. Uh, you can structure your offers in such a way that it makes people think about your company differently too so for example if you're providing a 15-year warranty well in my head i'm like well they're going to be around in 15 years like that's a really good warranty and, th and that's awesome you know things like that can be really helpful too in pushing people down the pipeline our next building block nico you touched on this a little bit but it's having a dedicated well thought out target audience that you're trying to reach with your ads so how important is your audience when creating a successful ad? I will go to my grave yelling and screaming niche offer message sales. And every single time that you, I've seen people not follow this formula, results vary. You know, sometimes I'm wrong and it does really well, but oftentimes you get less of a, less of a result than if you follow this process. So niche, you have to get clear why people want certain things. Let's say you do gutter cleaning, right? Why should someone like, you know, your niche for gutter cleaning, right? Is it, and again, this is overgeneralization, but homeowners, right? Renters could do it, but mostly it's homeowners. Second, it's places and people who have a lot of trees behind them. So cities might not be like people, homeowners in cities might not be at your target, maybe it's suburbs, right? Maybe people in parts of the country that have a lot of trees here in Arizona. I don't think that gutter cleaning is that important, right? Uh, because we don't have that many trees that go above the house and gets in there. Now, somewhere in like the South, um, like let's say uh, Atlanta, for instance, that might be a big thing or the Northeast, that might be a big thing, right? Because um, if you sell a product to someone that doesn't need it, right? You don't know your niche, just blanket marketing, then that doesn't make sense. Uh, plus you have to realize that most people or some people cannot afford what you have and that's okay. You should in your filtering, be able to filter those people out because you're not doing them a service by showing them something that they want but can't afford, right? So um, niche is incredibly important because if you don't know it, then you might just be seeing blanket statements that don't really resonate. Like if I talk to Andreas Baseball, I'm getting through like three sentences before I know nothing. Like he said, they teach me that the Yankees is New York. You know what I'm saying? I might have missed that up too. It could be Boston. Like, I don't know. I think the Red Sox is Boston. <laughs> I watched the big short ones, so, um, or Moneyball, Moneyball. I always get those confused, but, um, <laughs> like, yeah. I can't. That's a, that's a big mistake. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, big short's not a baseball movie. Fighting <laughs> words, but, but with that being said, like, I can't speak the language. I can't relate baseball to him. So, like, 
if we engage in the conversation and I'm trying to sell him baseball tickets, like what if I bring up like the Clippers, which I think is basketball, right? And that's on the other side of yeah. the country. He's going to instantly lose respect and I'm going to lose credibility. So making, making the sales process already harder uh, before we even talk logistics. Yeah, I definitely like to think of uh, knowing your target audience from a really, let's say, like practical lens, I suppose. It's more of why waste time, effort, money on reaching people who aren't your ideal customer? Like to me, that's one of the biggest incentives to really know your target audience is let's say I pay 10 cents for every eyeball that sees my ad, for example. Well, I really don't want to be spending 10 cents per eyeball that's not a qualified eyeball. Like if you think about it in that kind of lens, in a very, you know, selfish monetary lens, your target audience is really huge because if it's not the right person, you're just wasting money and time and effort. And it's, it's not going to get through because they're not the right person. So if you think about it in a really, you know, honing in on efficiency kind of way, it doesn't make sense to not know your target audience because it's going to lead to so much waste in other areas that you could be using those resources, whatever they may be, so much more effectively. But I do want to note specifically in the context of ads, you know, you can't always pick exactly who you're uh, reaching out to. You know, it's very different than, let's say, like cold outbound where you're building a specific list of like, these are the exact people I am reaching out to. And that can be really targeted, really effective in a lot of ways. But with ads, if you don't control the platform, you often don't have control over that particular piece. Now that doesn't mean knowing your target audience isn't helpful because you can't control exactly who it goes in front of a lot of the time. Um, it means you have to make sure that audience is called out in your creative and what they are saying. That way they know like, hey, this is specific for these people. And then the ad platforms will automatically optimize based on who is interacting with it, right? So that's why it's really important to know your audience, build your creative for that audience. If you're using ad platforms and you're using just totally organic reach because then the ad platforms will optimize for those specific people based on characteristics it sees in common between them that you might not even see. So keep that in mind that knowing your target audience isn't just about targeting per se, in terms of like maybe where you place things or, or whatever and who you exclude and include. It's also a lot about like when somebody sees an ad, you want them to think this is for me. And that's a really important part of the creative process and understanding your target audience. Sweet. Um, speaking of the creative process, our next building block is having good photos and videos to use in your ads. So let's kind of talk about why this is so important and what we recommend to landscapers. Just, I feel like Andreas probably has horror stories. Yeah, this is an Andreas and Justine topic right here. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, we've gotten clients where they've sent over uh, pictures and videos that poor quality, like it's blurry, it's videos of too much movement. Um, it's, it's a mess. Like it's, but Andres, that should work, right? You just things... ask for pictures. Like why, <laughs> why does my blurry picture impact results? Andres? What do you mean? I mean, if you can't see the quality of work, how do you share it with the rest of the people? So it's very yeah. important how the image uh, 
looks in front of, especially in an ad, right? Everyone loves to eat with their eyes, so. That's true. Yeah, especially for like what you're selling to, you want that to be in the actual picture, right? Like if you're not, if the ad isn't selling the patio, don't really focus on a picture of the patio, focus on the turf or whatever it is that, you know, you're trying to sell. You want the images to match your ad campaigns. Um, and you, you do want them to be clear and focused and have great lighting. Um, and it's really not that difficult to take great pictures. It's people are scared of photography, but I feel like anyone can be a photographer. Like everyone has amazing cameras right in their pockets. Like use those tools that you have available. You don't need some fancy equipment to take these amazing videos and pictures. Like you can do this just with what's in your pocket. So don't be scared to take photos of your work. It is very helpful to our team. <laughs> but, but let's be, so I, perfect example, right? So throughout this week, we've been having, we have a new client that hasn't been really sharing that much content with us, right? So in the week, we've generated three leads, which is very low for what we, we've had. Andreas has been hounding this person for weeks to get us new content. Yeah. Got new content yesterday, launched ads, and within the, I mean, it's been live for, 11 hours and it's generated three leads like i'm looking at it right now um so everything stayed the same but the pictures right because we didn't really have that many to start with uh it's a very specific area in the us and um we can use things that we already had for this right but how do you go from four days of running ads getting one lead ish a day right 0.7 right so let's just say one lead a day to three in one day uh just based on the creative like nothing else changed, no targeting, nothing. So it just shows you that there's actually a monetary value in more videos, more pictures, more creative. Um, that's just like one, and literally this is Andres' account, I'm looking at it right now, so. Yeah, yeah, just, it, I mean, sometimes it's also, um, I, I do know certain accounts move, uh, we get more leads more towards the end of the week than the start of the week. But uh, for example, this 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 client just got three today, so. It's it's one of those things where creative does matter. Um, I think vid I think images have a bigger impact than videos because uh, I think when when people scroll when we scroll for ads on Instagram or Facebook, we most of the time just skip them, right? So a long video or me even a ten second video might not catch the viewer's attention. But with that said, I I do think some of the videos we've been running, um, especially the ones that show uh, like. A rundown of the whole area they've been working on, on the walking around there may be a bit of equipment and some supplies in a corner like that doesn't matter as long as you're showing the work and the quality of the work that you're doing of course that's not blurry and it's very visible absolutely yeah and to that point like especially with like photos and videos when you think of your creative andres laid it out perfectly think of the ads you get targeted with and what what makes you stop right? That's the whole goal of an ad campaign, right? So you want to have a compelling offer that gets somebody to act quickly. You want to make sure you're reaching the right person. But if I'm that person, if I'm the right person and I'm ready to buy, I just need something to make me stop. So you need something that's just going to catch someone's attention. And that's why you need great photos and videos, <laughs> because what's going to catch my attention if it's something that's out of focus, that maybe I'm not even sure what is being sold and justine alluded to this earlier if you're not selling a patio you don't necessarily need to include the patio so much right or maybe 
if you want to think of it as like, let's say a whole backyard remodel, if, if that's the product you're selling, you know, you want to make sure it looks great. Like somebody could picture themselves living there. And that's what you want. That's what makes a stop is to be like, ooh, you know, that could be me right there. That could that could totally work for me, for my situation. You know, and there, there's other things that can go along with that. But I would say if you're unsure and you're working with an agency, take photos of everything. They will parse out what's good and bad. If you don't feel like you have that creative eye to be able to make someone stop, Literally take photos and videos of everything and send it over. Worst case, you have too much. That's that's the best worst case ever, right? Like <laughs> having too much content to pick from, you know? Dream, right? So even if it's not amazing yeah. and you don't have to necessarily worry about post-production editing, you know, a lot of those things can be handled by your team, but take photos, take videos, make everyone else's life easier and give them as many tools as possible to help you be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Could not as you agree can tell, more. this is a sore subject for all of us. <laughs> yeah. We are passionate. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, another thing we're super passionate about here on our team is follow-ups. So an ad isn't successful if you don't actually follow up with the leads that you generate from it. So let's kind of talk about the importance of having a good follow-up sequence and why why we are so passionate about this. Yeah, I, I feel like every I feel like every podcast I talk about this, like the money isn't made in the leads, right? So um, I, I a very controversial individual that, that I follow, um, really, his philosophy is like leads. There's no such thing as lead quality. Now I don't 100% agree with that because I think there are lead quality is important. But the best lead quality comes from the leads that you work, right? You increase lead quality the more you work them. Because earlier in the process, you can eliminate people who are maybe tire kickers, maybe just shopping around, maybe not really that interested, like the, like the idea of turf, but they don't want to install turf like right now, right? Um, as you go down the pipeline, your quality should increase because you start, uh, you're starting to like weed down into focusing on just the best type of leads, right? So, fault. I mean, we have this across the board. Uh, the more times, it's a weird correlation, but the more times you follow up, the more estimates you get and the more deals you close. Like we have enough data to support that, uh, both internally as well as what we're seeing with clients. So what's a good rule of thumb? At least, at least call them or text them or get in communication with them within five minutes of them coming into your pipeline. Anything longer than that, We've talked about, I think, in last in the last two podcasts, every minute uh, after that, they get colder and colder and colder. So let's say you get a lead uh, on Monday. If you follow up on Wednesday afternoon, that person might have already bought from someone. That's way too long. Uh, and if you can't do that, you don't have the capabilities to do it, use automation in, in some type of way to at least acknowledge that you've received the message from the individual. So... First five minutes, they have to hear back from you, at least, right? Got to call them in the first day, preferably twice and at different points, right? So you don't want to always call at 9 o'clock because maybe they, that's when they're walking to the office. So change your variations on calling. Uh, at least call twice a day for the next five business days, right? Text at least for the first 10 days, right? After the first five days, you can start, you know, emailing and using other mechanisms. But you got to follow up with leads. There's no other secret around that. Yeah, and I will say this goes for any kind of marketing, not just ads. 
anybody that you're talking to, you need to be actively talking to. You don't want to be ghosting people. That's not a good look for you or your company, or it doesn't make somebody interested in working with you because who's going to be like, oh yeah, no, I've got this guy. He hasn't texted me back in like five days. So I guess I don't really know where that stands. Like it, it, that's not a compelling reason for somebody to give you money, right? If we're thinking about all of this in a business context is really like, if you're not responsive, that brings you and your company down a notch right away. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you have to do it. I don't know. There's nothing else around it. <laughs> I mean, but I'd say bug them until they tell you no or take a hike. You know I mean, like, of course they could always answer in a rude manner, but what's the worst they could do? To just say no. Yeah. Just move on. It's, and I think that it does stem from like people don't have enough time. That's where automation can help. Definitely talk to us. Email me at nicogibbonsmedia.com and I'll show you a couple hacks to do it. Um, sometimes a lot of people are just a little, little frightened. And I really think it's because uh, we don't want to be annoying salespeople. We don't want to come off as like pushy. But here's the thing if someone reaches out to you, you're doing them a disservice by not trying to help solve their problem. And you can make the argument like, oh, turf is not really a, a problem, but it saves them money. It, it's something that they want, right? Um, if you're, you don't go to the hospital uh, for fun, or I, at least I don't, you go there to solve the problem, right? People come there and they know that. And we have to see ourselves as landscapers uh, as, the, as the same, right? People are coming to us to solve the problem, right? There is so much value in, in not having to worry about, uh, or having, for instance, like a lot of people get artificial turf because they don't want to mow their grass. They don't want to wake up early on a Saturday or Sunday and mow it. They want that time to relax. That That's quantifiable. Like you being able to sleep in and relax and not have to worry about a chore. For instance, I still have PTSD about homework assignments. When Sunday evening comes around, I'm like, oh, like, did I submit my assignment? I'm like, I've been out of school for four and a half, five years. People are the same way, right? That sense of calm there's real monetary value in it, and we can help solve. So you're doing them a service by following them. You're not being annoying. They'll tell you to stop. You know. Um, so just keep keep following up. Oh, that was a nice little rant for this Friday. Friday. So. I feel like this is almost That's like a, a therapy session for us <laughs> at this point. Where we're like, do this, please. It makes our lives so much easier. Oh, my definition of a rant is different. But <laughs> this is the Nico. This is Nico rant. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Love it. Nico's just always nice, even when he's ranting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want you to make money. I don't know. Like, I guess I'm a bad guy, you know? So. <laughs> um, is there anything else we missed or any other advice, Andres, that you want to give to our audience before we wrap it up today? Um, I say just test different options, uh, look at the data, and then trust the data. Words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> and follow up. <laughs> Just add anything. Oh, exactly. And take pictures. Yeah, take pictures. <laughs> we don't ask for that much, but when we do, you know, uh, we try to make it simple. Uh, but with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Andreas, thank you for being here. Team, it's always a pleasure. And if you guys have any questions or you're looking to grow your landscaping business, uh, go to our YouTube channel, uh, boundlessmedia.com. You'll see tons and tons of videos like this. Or email me at nico get boundlessmedia.com. Boundlessleads.com is our website. And uh, let's uh, go get those leads, follow up with them, close the deals, take pictures, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.